Welcome to Chapter 5. Expect an Abundance. The mind is a powerful magnet, and as such, it attracts whatever corresponds to its ruling state. Expectation dictates what that ruling state will be, and therefore governs what corresponds to the mind and is attracted into your life. Expectation can be either a blessing or a curse, but either way, it is certainly one of the most powerful unseen forces in your life. So this chapter, I think, is one that ties in three principles. The third one will be introduced in this chapter. But the first two principles, the first of those two principles that we've talked about starts with creating this idea, um, coming up with an image of what it is that you want. And then the second principle is to let go and let God, the principle of faith and of belief. When I think about what it is in this chapter that really stands out to me, uh, the two concepts that stood out to me from this chapter, the first one really was around understanding the creation process and how results are brought forth in our lives. Sequence of events are specific order in which things happen so that results are generated. And I want to read from the book for you um, and highlight certain paragraphs where Bob starts to explain this in a bit more detail. Prosperity, properly understood, is simply the awareness of opulence, wholeness and completeness that abounds within the spiritual realm. In other words, it is impossible to feel poor when you are conscious of being enveloped in the protective care of a loving God, universal spirit, or whatever else you may wish to call the spiritual center of our universe. Let me repeat, there never is and there never has been any lack of supply other than that which we have created for ourselves because of our own limited awareness. So what is this creative process? And um, well, in previous chapters, what Bob explains and goes into is this concept that we start first of all with a thought or an idea. And that when we mix that thought with emotion or with feeling, we impress the thoughts that were originated in our conscious mind upon our subconscious mind. So the way to impress a thought or an idea upon the subconscious mind is to mix it with emotion and to repeat it, to do it often uh, over and over again. And that once a thought or an idea is firmly established in the subconscious mind, that then causes the body to act. It moves the body into action. And of course, once the body acts, that is what generates uh, a result because that action causes a reaction in the environment which produces the conditions, the circumstances of our lives, or the results that we see. So understanding that creative process then, he also writes, spirit or creative substance can only reproduce, expand and express itself in a greater way in accordance with the limitation placed upon the instrument through which it expresses itself. So that if you think about this previous idea that there is no limitation, there is no lack anywhere in the world, 
or in the universe, then you realize that if we're experiencing lack in our lives, it really is because of the limitations that exist in our thinking. And so the way to start to open yourself to more, the way to start to experience uh, an increase or to start to experience the riches that you were blessed and born with is really to expand your thinking, to start to think bigger, richer ideas, to start to think of ideas that are bigger than the ones that you've currently or previously entertained in the past. And why would you do that? Or how could you do that? It's really by understanding that we live in an opulent world, an opulent universe, and that the results that you might have experienced in the past were really a reflection of the limitation of thoughts that you had about what was possible and what was available to you. And it's remarkable that it is really this simple. I think sometimes that it's that simplicity that makes it so easy to gloss over and easy to miss because we've been conditioned to think or to expect that it has to be difficult and it has to be hard. And so often when we hear things like this that suggest that it is our thinking, we think, wait, that's too simple. Well, get this, it is simple, but it is not easy. And the reason why I say that is that things are not easy when they are not habits when they are not aligned to the patterns of behavior or patterns of thought that we are used to. So when you start to try and engage in this properly, it may feel difficult. In fact, it will feel difficult if you haven't done it before. But don't underestimate the simplicity of the process or its efficacy. And I'd like to talk a bit more about the subconscious mind by reading another paragraph from the chapter. So Bob writes, You cannot strike a bargain with your subconscious mind because the subconscious mind has no sense of fairness, no sense of humor, and it cannot even determine what is good or what is bad for you. Every image just is to the subconscious mind. Therefore, your negative, worrisome or doubtful images will be accepted just as quickly and as willingly as will your images of prosperity. The instant you become aware you are entertaining thoughts which create doubt, become quiet, start relaxing, and image yourself already in possession of the prosperity you desire. When you do this, you are altering the mental current which is flowing into your marvelous mind. Now, I really want to encourage you, as I've been doing in in this post, to go and read the book. There is so much wealth and so much beauty just waiting for you to discover. And I'm going to attempt in the next few moments just to uncover a bit of that for you. So part of what Bob uh, talks about in a lot of all his material, in fact, in all his material, is that the seat of our nature, where all our actions spring from, is the mind. And that even within the mind, you can sort of categorize or split it into two different parts. You can conceive of the mind as consisting of a conscious part and also a subconscious part. 
And in terms of the part of the mind that really drives the behavior, it is the subconscious mind. Now, bear in mind that the mind is unseen. And you can sort of relate that to a statement you'll have heard a lot about how results are 80% psychology and 20% activity, or, you know, something similar to that effect. Well, it's the same thing here. It's helping you to really understand and appreciate that the bulk of what determines the results that we experience are factors or forces that are unseen. Within our control, yes, but still unseen. And that because the subconscious mind is the seat of all your actions, being, I guess, attentive and intentional about what goes on or what gets passed through to your subconscious mind is so important. It is equally important because the subconscious mind, as we've just read, doesn't choose. It won't argue with you. It will just sort of sit there, pay attention to the predominant thoughts or the predominant ideas that are floating around in your conscious mind and accept those exactly as is. So if you find yourself toying often with worry, with doubt, with anxiety or any of those feelings or or, or thoughts or ideas that don't really serve you, what you're essentially doing is priming your subconscious mind to pay attention to those things. The second thing that really stood out for me in this chapter is the difference between a wish and an expectation. And I think this is why the title of this chapter is Expect an Abundance. So Bob writes, the two determining factors for you to attain the results you really want are desire and expectation. Up to this point, you might have been living the way the masses live their entire lives, simply because you are harboring the false assumption that desire is the only thing which you need to reach your goal. But you must understand, if your desire is not combined with the expectation that you will receive what you desire, you will find yourself continually frustrated and disappointed whenever you begin working toward any kind of material goal. Let me repeat, desire without expectation is nothing more than wishful thinking. And as we have already pointed out, since the vast majority of people wish positive but expect negative, they seldom attain what they are after. From my experience, the difference between a wish and an expectation is that a wish sort of holds the possibility, still holds on to the possibility that it may not work out. A wish has this impression that there's something external, something else outside of you that is suddenly going to create this result. And it might even be somebody else, some other person, some other situation external to you that will create this result and make them happen. A wish still has this idea that the responsibility for the results lie elsewhere. So what then is an expectation? An expectation for me is absolute belief founded on understanding understanding based upon the law. And the clearest example that comes to my mind right now is thinking about gravity. 
if you were standing or you know standing at the top of a tall building and you held an object in your hand and you let go of that object there would be no doubt in your mind that that object will f- will fall to the ground unless of course it was a balloon you know or, or something light like that or a feather if you were holding a solid let's say metal object as you let go of it from your hand you would let go of it with certainty in your mind that it will do just one thing or move in just one direction downwards for me that's the same thing as having an expectation when you have something that you desire and you've defined it you've written it out you've visualized it you've articulated and spelt out exactly what it is that you want so with regards to the book that we're reading now you know exactly how much money you want to live life the way you'd, you want to, to give the gifts that you want to. And at the back of that, or in addition to that, you back that up with a certainty that you will get the ideas and the steps and the plans you need to earn that money. And you have that certainty in the same way that you have certainty that when you let go of a heavy object, it would fall in one direction only, downwards, then you're no longer wishing then you have an expectation. Bob also writes, your desire is the motor power which will move you in the direction of your dream. An expectation is the attractive force that will move your dream in your direction. And when I read that, I, I think almost of a, a, a clamp or a vice. You know, something that you hold, imagine holding something in in between both your hands and you're sort of pushing it from opposite directions to come towards the center. That when you've got your goal, if you like, in the center and on the one hand you've got your desire and then the other hand you've got an expectation, both pushing towards each other, that desire moves you towards that goal. Imagine the goal or the dream is in the center and the expectation moves the goal towards you. It's like the result is inevitable when you combine those two things. And this is what really stands out to me in this chapter. This idea or this concept that it's not enough just to have a desire. That desire must be backed with expectation. And to expect is not to wish to expect is to know with certainty that it will happen. As I approach the end of this chapter, there is one part that I want to read for you as well, and it's it's part of what Bob ends with. And it's a reminder of how important it is to expect. Bob writes, always remember, you will only receive what you truly expect not what you only wish for. There are three certain steps for achieving prosperity in all areas of your life. Number one, build the image in your mind. Number two, turn it over to spirit. Let go and let God. Number three, expect with your heart and soul that spirit will reward you openly for your faith. Thank you so much for your time today. As always, I would love to hear your thoughts. Let me know what your key takeaways were when you read this particular chapter. 
Also remember that you can download a free copy of the ebook at bonrich.magnify, that's M-A-G-N-E-F-I-I dot com. Until the next time, this is Asipita, signing off this particular episode with what Bob leaves you with at the end of this chapter. Expect an abundance. <laughs>